you have to show up and speak up. We are not going to have our message carried by anyone else. Welcome back to the Facts About PACS podcast. I'm Michaela Isler, now PACS Executive Director, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Mr. Adam Belmar. It's March 2023, and I am counting the days till spring, Michaela. It's suddenly shirt sleeve weather at my house. I know, but Adam, it's hard to trust this nice weather, uh, especially when Farmer's Almanac is predicting rain and wet snow in the next two weeks. I can't believe it. It's been, I mean, my flowers are blooming. The cherry blossoms, I guess, are going to be at peak here in a couple of weeks. It's hard to believe we really haven't had much of a winter. You invoke the old farmer's almanac, and you're right. There's no time for planning just yet, despite the tomfoolery of Mother Nature. America's farmers and ranchers know a great deal about our environment and how to protect it. And they truly have, Adam, some of the best advocacy and grassroots professionals working on their team. Oh, they do. And it's no secret that one of the biggest pieces of legislation expected to come out of the 118th Congress will be the reauthorization of the Farm Bill. And there is so much important policy and money that is packed into that farm bill, Michaela. Well, and when the price tag starts with a T, Adam, (laughs) it has everyone's attention, especially here in Washington, D.C., That's exactly right. And it should. I mean, the pandemic shined a spotlight on agriculture. I live on a farm in central Virginia. I don't make any bones about that. And it's opened my eyes to what it is to be in a rural community. But the importance of protecting America's food supply is not a joke. And it is infused in everything else we're seeing from supply chains to energy to insurance. A lot of the things that we've seen through the pandemic have really pointed up the need for American agriculture. But the other thing it did, Michaela, it amplified the voice of agriculture, and that means the American Farm Bureau Federation. Their advocacy and grassroots work is second to none. And today we're going to get an overview of their issues, the ones that are confronting America's farmers and ranchers, and get some great advice for PAC professionals looking to advance their own careers. Yeah, I'm really excited about this topic and our interview today. Coming up, we're going to be interviewing Randy Dwyer, Senior Director of Political Advocacy and Engagement with the American Farm Bureau Federation, a new member to NABPAC. I'm really excited to dive into this topic. The Facts About PACs podcast is produced especially for the members of the National Association of Business Political Action Committees. In every episode, we recap this week's NAPPAC activities, share actionable intelligence and best practices, all while connecting the PAC community. And today's episode is brought to you by Quorum. The best-in-class provider of public affairs software is excited to introduce their newest product, Quorum Pack, the largest advancement in pack management software in decades. Quorum Pack offers outreach and relationship building tools to make it easy to drive pack participation, collect contributions, and file with the FEC. To learn more, visit quorum.us forward slash pack. Thanks, Adam. And thanks so much, Quorum, for sponsoring this episode. And I know this week, Adam, they launched this new pack platform. And I, for one, am very excited to get a demo of this because it's been something we've been talking about for about a year now. But before we plow the field here, a few NABPA activities to read out. We talked a little bit about these, Adam, next week, but we just sent around our March events. Next week is our second Let's Talk webinar series. We are going to have Tracy J. Edmonds, who is part of the NABPA team, really giving some case studies. It's, you know, just remember, this is a 30-minute, you know, high-level 
what are the issues that she's seeing on the DEI front and how she's been supporting some of our PAC members through some of their challenging conversations and topics. Uh, so we'll have a 30 minute Let's Talk series with her next week. Really, every time everybody gets around Tracy, they they come out. And then uh, we'll follow up the rest of the month with our monthly luncheon here in D.C. on March 21st. This is also, Adam, another favorite session we do with Carol Laham from Wiley Ryan, a senior partner over at Wiley Ryan. Uh, she's going to be talking about just sort of the latest trends that she's seeing in Q1 from a legal and compliance perspective. But we're really going to be focusing in on some of the fraudulent PAC activities that have been in the news. Um, and that, too, is going to be a little bit of a case study. Uh, we are going to have a couple of members who unfortunately have had to endure uh, some of this uh, activity and sort of what what they did to combat it, kind of the process they went through to get their, you know, it has all sorts of implications with their FEC reports. So uh, that is one lunch not to miss with Carol Ham for our uh, legal and compliance luncheon. So more to come on our rest of our events going into Q2, but March will be another busy month. Full of NAP activities. Well, here to join us now and talk about food security, conservation, rural life, and how to build a world-class advocacy program is Randy Dwyer, Senior Director of Political Advocacy Engagement with the American Farm Bureau Federation. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Michaela. Good to be here. Thanks so much for joining us today. We're really excited to have this conversation. You have been with the American Farm Bureau Federation for about eight years, but before that, you spent about 16 years with the National Rural Electric Cooperative Association. Uh, maybe we can just start off by hearing and you know letting all of our listeners understand the mission of the Farm Bureau and, and how your issues impact all of us. You know, one of the things that uh, people need to realize is that uh, rural America is about 17% of the nation's population. And so being farmers who provide food, fuel, and fiber, food, that's food on our table. Fiber, a lot of our farmers grow cotton for the clothes that we wear. And uh, fuel, a lot of them make ethanol. You know, there's a whole series of things that people do out in rural America that are members of Farm Bureau to, uh, to help make this country run. Randy, I have never been more aware of the reality of rural America than when I moved there. And one of the things that you learn when you live on a working farm and ranch, as I do, is that you take a lot of things for granted. And one of them out here magnified during COVID was broadband internet access. Even as we're trying to do efficiencies, and I see farmers using now satellite-based mapping to make sure that when they spray and that they're respecting the water. But Getting connection is tough, and that's also part of America's investment. So the issues really that are going on for all of your members, they're kind of the same things we all know about. We just take for granted. Is that fair to say? Absolutely. Farmers and ranchers, they are honestly, the bottom line, small business people, and they need connectivity in order to be successful. It's seen no better than in the uh, GPS in their harvesters, in the way they plant their seed or when they put herbicides or pesticides on. They don't want to spray the whole field because that costs money. They just want to hit the spots that need it. Same thing with watering. This all boils down to having access to good technology. The broadband is extremely important for these 
farmers and ranchers, again, as small business people, to have a bottom line that works. Randy, the reauthorization of the farm bill, I have to imagine, is priority number one for you and your members, as we said at the top of the show, likely somewhere north of $1 trillion that is going to take to get this bill. As you talk about being the voice of agriculture, how do you explain the importance of PACs to your members and how does your advocacy go beyond it? In terms of the advocacy side of it, we're a small percent of the overall population. And as such, we don't have a lot of legislators that represent rural America. So we've got to do a good job of reaching out to the urban, suburban legislators and explaining what we do and why we do it. The old cliche of uh, you don't want to wait for a crisis to find out who your friends are is very apropos. The Farm Bill happens every five years. It's very important that people understand going in why the bill has such an important role, not just for farmers and ranchers, but also people in urban, suburban areas, because almost 80% of the Farm Bill is all about supplemental nutrition programs. And so legislators that represent urban, suburban areas, they have a very high interest in making sure this bill passes and goes through. It is truly one of the bipartisan bills that gets through Congress, albeit every five years. And so that's part of why we have a PAC. Our states have PACs, is to make sure that We are at the table versus on the menu. You know, that's an old cliche. It's very apropos if you're with Farm Bureau. But what I tell our members all the time is you have to show up and speak up. It's all about being civil and being polite. But we are not going to have our message carried by anyone else. No one's going to carry it for us. we got to be there in order to carry it and make sure legislators hear it. It doesn't matter if it's representing me or you in rural America. It's about making sure everyone all across the country, because of how important the Farm Bill is, is at the table. Let me say this about our PACs. They do an excellent job of engaging the members and having them be strong advocates, as well as strong supporters of the PACs. You can't have one without the other and be a successful organization. And so PACs have a very high profile with our our members and with the legislators that they work with. So uh, we work very hard to try and make sure that PACs are well-funded, and that they can do a good job with uh, working with legislators, not only at the local level, but the state level, and for those who are federal candidates too. Randy, when you talk about PACs, I start to think about the champions on the issues that confront the Farm Bureau Federation. And I want to ask you about jobs. When we think about the agriculture industry, I'm not sure many Americans realize there are 20 million U.S. jobs there. That's like 15% of all U.S. employment. It's hard to underestimate the reach of the issues, the Farm Bureau, and how it all ties into employment. Can you talk about that for a second? Actually, that's a great point, because if you take each individual state and you look at the greatest driver of economy within each state, you're going to find as a number one or number two, never past number three, is agriculture. Every state has a tremendous agricultural engine that generates income, taxes, and and the such that helps make that state work. Think of California. California has a huge economic engine in and of itself, but agriculture is a tremendous part of all that. They're like the seventh largest economy in the world. It's agriculture that makes that state run. But you have that happening in every state, whether it's Mississippi or a state up in New England. Agriculture is a very big part of it. When you think about the labor force being about 20%, number of farmers is actually about 1% of the U.S. population. So it is an important thing that they, as a small percent of the overall population, be engaged politically. 
Randy, what's most challenging right now as far as engaging on the PAC and advocacy? What what are the biggest challenges you're facing? You know, it's, it's a matter of uh, making people understand that farmers and ranchers are all about being sustainable. They want good soil. They want good water because their income comes from that. And people need to understand that more regulation, anything that makes it harder for them to run a business, and it's hard to be a farmer and rancher as it is these days, it's going to be something that's going to make it very difficult to be sustainable as a business. But they also, using that word again, sustainable in terms of the environment is what farmers and ranchers have always been about, and they want to continue to be seen as good stewards for the land and for the water. And so what we try to do is have our farmers and ranchers tell their own story. No one can tell a story better than they can about what's happening on their farm or on their ranch. And when you tell the story and make the listener understand where you're coming from and the hard work that goes into managing a farm or a ranch, then there's a lot of uh, empathy that goes with it. So we want our members to be very good at telling their story and making sure that that is relayed to legislators at all levels of government, because it's important. We can't expect people to, uh, to do something for the Farm Bureau unless they understand why we need it. Randy, as you look ahead at the challenges that the farm and agriculture industry face, are you seeing a decline in farmers and ranchers? uh, And how is that going to impact your advocacy efforts long term? You know, that's something we have got to be very cognizant of because the number of folks who do work in agriculture is declining. The U.S. population is 1% involved with farming and agriculture, and that has not been going up. That's been going down. There's several reasons for that. One, it's really super hard work. And two, it's hard to find land. If you're a beginning farmer and there's a development coming out from the suburban areas, well, the developer will buy that land before it becomes a farm. And so the price of agricultural land is getting more expensive. If you want to be a a beginning farmer, it's super, super hard. We want to make sure they're the best advocates possible. So we spend a lot of time training and trying to make sure that they're, one, comfortable. Two, there's a role for them at the local town hall, at the city council, at the county council to make their voices heard. And so it's important that we as an organization, as Farm Bureau, we say, if you want to be a good businessman, you've got to be a good advocate, too. So switching gears just a little bit, I want to ask you about professional best practices and and what advice you have for our listeners about the importance of networking and mentorship. You know, Farm Bureau as an organization, very focused on leadership development. So if I'm an established farmer and there's someone new getting into the business, we want to take them under our wing and we want to help them be successful because if they're successful, then we're all successful. But it also means getting them involved with the Farm Bureau because that's a membership organization and you don't have to join Farm Bureau. We want you to, but we want you to and then get something out of it. And so by offering leadership development so that people can go through what we call young farmers and ranchers, uh, there's a women's committee, there's several different groups and organizations within Farm Bureau that people can get involved in and work their way up to be, uh, become a state president possibly. Randy, I'm thinking about all the PAC managers and PAC professionals who listen to this, the number one PAC podcast in America. And I'm driven by your point because those membership organizations, NAPAC is one of them, that can give you a chance to really meet new people, can broaden your horizon of the things you're going to be working on potentially in the roles that you can play in government affairs. Absolutely. And, you know, we try and make sure in terms of leadership development, try and make sure they understand that PAC support is an integral part of being a good leader. You lead by example. And when you do that, we're stronger together. 
one of the questions I often ask our members is, are we as strong as we used to be? And Michaela, it goes back to one of the questions you asked earlier about, you know, the trend of what's happening with farming in America. And, you know, when I ask that question, I don't want people to give me a, an out loud answer because I want them to think about it internally. And then if they say, well, maybe we're not as strong as we used to be because back in the 1920s, the U.S. population was almost an equal 50-50 between urban and suburban population. It's not like that anymore, obviously. But we say that if it's not as strong politically as you think we might have been in the past, then we've got work to do. And it's all about being a good leader, about being a good advocate, about showing up and speaking up. It's about supporting your pack, whatever level you're comfortable with, and making sure that we are as sharp and efficient and effective with our time and energy to make sure we are politically strong. And I think our members know it's a worthy investment. Well, such great advice, Randy. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. Randy Dwyer, Senior Director of Political Advocacy and Engagement with the American Farm Bureau Federation. Thank you, Michaela. I appreciate it very much. And as you know, as you said at the start of your uh, of the podcast here, uh, we do put out the Farmer's Almanac. So, you know, if you get the Farmer's Almanac in your hand, it's from the American Farm Bureau Federation. We love it. And to all of our listeners, subscribe and meet us right back here next week. 